farmer or the customer or anyone in between is passionate about the wool fibre. And in this episode of The Yarn, we hear from both ends of the wool supply chain. Welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Ellie Bigwood. And soon we will head to Western Europe and hear from the coalface of demand in what has and continues to be a crucial market for wool. Beforehand, though, let's head to Western Australia and hear from one of the state's most passionate wool growers. Stephen Bolt of Claypans Merino Stud is a wool grower and stud breeder from Corrigan in the central wheat belt, southeast of Perth. He's also a director of the Livestock Collective, a group that helps to fly the flag for livestock industries and live export in particular. I caught up with Stephen recently, and while the industry faces challenges at the moment, he knows very well that there's still plenty to be optimistic about. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ellie. Um, yeah, I suppose I've, I've grown up, always had a passion for the sheep and wool industry. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a third generation uh, stud breeder, but uh, I, I'm also pretty focused on the commercial ac- aspects of the, the sheep industry. So uh, I've joined uh, and now currently a director of the Livestock Collective, which is uh, being brought together um, by the challenges uh, the industry in Western Australia particularly has been facing with the, the live export industry, uh, which is a major component of our, uh, our industry over here. Um, but it's probably gone further than that. Uh, it's about you know telling the, the stories that are happening on farm uh, at producer level. Uh, so just trying to find those shared values between people in, in the city um, with the same passion that all of us uh, have out here in our rural industries. How do you see the outlook of sheep and merinos in WA for the future? Oh, look, we've, we've always got a really positive uh, future for the WA sheep industry. Uh, I think the synergies between running a livestock enterprise with, with cropping, um, there's a lot of good fits for the sheep enterprise uh, in the system. Uh, we've, we've got some challenges at the moment, but, you know, wool prices has come back. But by the same token, meat price um, has been record returns for growers. So, you know, a lot of people are seeing with their sheep enterprise, their incomes are pretty stable. So there has been a, a reduction in the wool price, but... Um, you know, meat prices certainly made up for it. Um, and I, I'm really positive about the wool industry going forward. Uh, after going to China a couple of years ago, uh, I've seen the, the huge demand for our product, um, our naturally produced product. And I think going forward, the sustainability and uh, all those, you know, the credentials, environmentally friend, friendly credentials of, of the wool product um, will see us in a really good place. You mentioned that due to the due to the season, there might be a decrease of ten percent of sheep in WA. How can we look to rebuild the sheep flock in Western Australia and nationally? Uh, look, I, I suppose, um, yeah, I think that there unfortunately could be a, a reduction in, of ten percent on mated ewes, so year on year, um, with the amount of older ewes plus. Uh, young breeding stock that's gone across to the eastern states. Um, I suppose nationally that's a benefit because a lot of those sheep haven't left, left the system. They're still in production, um, but it's just a lot of them through that New South Wales area where they've gone to. Uh, look, for WA, uh, I think we've just got to continue to 
to look at the different options available to us for um, for running our livestock. I, I'm starting to see a, a lot now of confinement feeding early in the season um, to allow pasture growth to get away. I'm seeing a lot of crop grazing. Uh, I think people are looking after their sheep really well, so we're seeing an increase in, in lamb survival, which is a big thing that I think that'll uh, really add some benefit to numbers uh, as we recover uh, once the seasons do turn in our favour again. And the good news is that, you know, the crops, especially out your way and in the wheat belt, the crops still are growing. And unfortunately, we are hearing a lot of negativity in the media at the moment, but there really is so much to look forward to about the industry. Oh, absolutely. Look, I, I suppose we only got to cast our mind back, um, you know, just prior to COVID, how well the industry was travelling. You know, the the optimism was fantastic everywhere we went. Um, you know, wool being a non-essential uh, product, you know, that has, has contracted, you know, that price. But I think we've got to look at the long-term opportunities with the sheep industry, and I think there's, there's plenty of great opportunities for us uh, as an industry. Sheep meat... Uh, Wherever I've been, you know, whether it's the Middle East, China, um, I've seen huge demand. You know, people keep talking about uh, the growth potential for sheep meats. Um, so I think, you know, we need to be positive and there's good reason to be really positive about the not only the WA sheep industry, but the whole Australian marine industry. So as a wool grower yourself, what would you encourage other growers to be doing right now? Well, I suppose, you know, due to seasonal conditions, like it's a good opportunity to actually go through a lot of your lines of age groups of, of ewes and actually, um, you know, take out that bottom percentage so we can actually improve the quality of, of our flock we've we've got um, at the moment. So we've just got to, you know, try and take the positives at the moment, uh, make the most of, of what's in front of us. And, um, you know, we make sure we capture the markets so the good meat price that's there, make sure that we are getting, you know, the best return we can on farm for for our products. And jumping onto the livestock collectives, what grounds have you made so far with educating more people about what happens with live export and the supply chain? And, you know, the fact that we are exporting animal welfare standards to other countries. Yeah, I think that's a key is, is the exporting of... Uh, animal welfare. Uh, Australia is a world leader in in our export, you know, regulations, um, the way all of our sheep and cattle are handled. Um, But as an industry, we we need to continue to make improvements, which that's what we're setting about to do, where we want to educate uh, or provide the information, the factual information about our industry, why we do certain things within it. Live export uh, has made huge gains in uh, some of our welfare standards over the, the sh- a short period of time, uh, and you know we want to make sure that we continue in that fashion. Our job at AWI is to engage with producers and understand your priorities and issues. What are your thoughts on where AWI might be able to contribute to wool growers' needs right now? I look. For me, I think AWI does a fantastic job uh, on behalf of growers, you know, the research and development they, they conduct on our behalf. But I, I think particularly for WA growers, it's important that we, we actually go and investigate um, on your own behalf. Go and have a look at, at what the company is doing. Uh, I think that 
you know, they've been really successful in, in driving the, the high prices into our product and we need to continue with a strong marketing campaign. But I, I think it is, you know, every grower needs to take that time to actually go and investigate. AWA have a huge range of information about what they do and why they do it uh, available for growers to have a look at. The consultation with growers on, on farm has, has never been uh, more prevalent. So I think that um, we actually, as an industry, just need to go and, and start looking because the information is there, but uh, we're not necessarily um, taking the time to, to find out all the good work they're doing. Stephen's always a pleasure to speak to you on the ground and for the first time on the podcast, thanks for having a yarn with us. Uh, look, thanks, Ellie. Um, always uh, like the opportunity to um, talk about an industry that that I am so passionate about. Stephen Bolt there, a wool grower, stud producer, livestock collective director, and recently he pulled the handpiece back into gear and did a day shearing for the first time in 20 years as he was short of a shearer in the shed. Certainly a man of many talents. We leave Western Australia now and head to Western Europe to hear what the latest is in this crucial market for wool. AWI's Kevin Wilde recently spoke with the regional manager of Western Europe with Woolmark, Damien Pomeray, who is based in Paris. Damien describes the green shoots of wool demand that might be appearing despite the gloom of a global pandemic. Bonjour, Kevin. It's, it's a pretty big, major market. It's uh, 200 million people there. And um, yeah, there's four countries. And uh, even if they're pretty uniform in terms of uh, level of development, there is, there's, each of them will get the specificities in a way. So, for example, France is well known for the big luxury group, you know, carrying LVMH. Uh, Spain is a leader in uh, fast fashion uh, internationally. And UK is at the same time is uh, uh, the major, uh, major luxury uh, textile market. It's also uh, a major uh, retail luxury market. And at the same time, they also have key uh, e-commerce actors. So it's, uh, it's really uh, an interesting area. Is e-commerce uh, one of the, the major changes that you've seen that more fashion uh, outlets have, have taken that on board and consumers have taken that on board in France, in Spain, in the UK? Yeah, so during the lockdown period, the sales online were not crazy. We could have thought that they would be. No, not really, because people were locked down, uh, not the willing really to shop, uh, didn't know if they would be able to receive it. But after that, yes. I mean, like now, as it is, is a bit more complicated to go uh, in physical retail shop, like people go much more online. Uh, people are, they have money to spend. There is money there to spend. So it's just they will spend it in a, in a different way. And all brands are really trying to figure out how catching this money that uh, that people uh, have on their bank account where usually they are spending also a bit more on holidays while now people are really going closer to their home so but they, they will still spend so i think uh, it's uh, it's interesting then after i think this it's a bit like the home office uh, way of what we learned from home office uh, it's the same thing on the experience the consumer experience they had online so maybe some people were how that you know I will never buy a pen online because I don't know how it will fit everything. No, they had to, or they 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 just moved to the next step and tried, and it worked. So now 
this customer learn and had a good experience with it. Uh, and, and they will keep on consuming more and more online. So I think it's key for all brands and it's key for us also to, to work and, and to uh, support the brands uh, and all the partners we are working with to deliver better service online. Uh, maybe also being able to have a, our message uh, showing that it's what fiber it is and how what is the benefits. All that, most of the your players or the, the websites don't show that much. You can find, if you find, you can find what is the composition and what type of fiber is it, but th that's it. That's really, and then this, uh, we really need to support them to deliver this message through the website now. Obviously, you guys are in summer at the moment. It's hard to know how cold winter is going to be in three or four months' time and, and whether or not the virus will um, come back and be another challenge across Europe. But um, if things remain okay in terms of the, the health impact, uh, it should mean that more wool will be sold in the Northern Hemisphere in winter. Is that is that not just your hope, but your expectation? Yes. You know, I think this, this uh, downtime, just uh, uh, a lot of things were on the suppliers, uh, on the brands and on the consumer just uh, gave time to, to things and to change a bit their habits. And now we can see that brands uh, are really more keen on rethinking their offer. Uh, well, you know, in fashion, and I've been working on that uh, before, it's like you, you look at exactly what you've done the season before and what was the good sales and you copy and paste it more or less uh, in terms of, you know, fiber of color and everything. I think right now brands, they cannot really copy and paste what they've been doing before. So they need to rethink. And it's key for us to also contact them and, and to uh, help them delivering what the customer wants. And what the customer wants is maybe less but better with a, a better impact on the environment and all that. And it's, it's a key timing for us to contact them, to work with them. And we have some good news also. We just got the, some news of uh, big luxury uh, houses like uh, Hermes confirming the uh, the, their orders uh, and bigger orders than before on wool uh, for the the next full winter season 2021. So that's just showing that also uh, they got the message and they're really acting and changing the their, their orders. So I really hope that uh, this will apply to most of the the, the actors. So as you say, uh, less but better that helps wool because we are. Uh, obviously a, a, a better fibre, something that can last for many, many years, unlike, you know, fast fashion, which may not last one or two uses. Yes, yes. So so that's that's really what uh, I think uh, uh, wool is, is a, a key fibre. And the fact that people are also uh, willing to spend uh, less in fast fashion will save money to buy uh, fibres that are a bit more expensive, and and that's that's what we need because our message is, yeah, it's less than better. So if you have, and we need to push and to sh also express all the the benefits uh, behind uh, a wool product to show that uh, you're putting more money in something that is better for the environment, but also for you. And we need to through the brands having this message also. So what are the current projects that you and your team are working on at the moment? So yeah, there's there's a lot of great project we we're working on. Uh, there's five major uh, strategic uh, axes. 
the first one is uh, is sports, uh, and we have a great project with Castor, a tennis brand, and uh, and Marta uh, is working on the marketing part, and Louise on the product development part, and and uh, they're doing a great job developing a fiber and, and a capsule collection that that will go on Wimbledon uh, in 2021. So it's a, Fantastic visibility for for the for for wool mark, and and uh, showing and putting wool in sports in a really nice and chic and white environment. So that's the first one. Then, as, you, as we mentioned, uh, e-commerce is key. So uh, we are working on a different project, of course, with the uh, Amazon and, and Strava project. Uh, we are working with Farfetch uh, also. And Salando, a, a new a new partner we are having, but we there's great potential over there. So that's e-commerce is a key key strategic uh, part of of uh, what we do. Of course, we work with uh, talent uh, development, a new action type of action we're doing, and uh, it's a lobbying action. So I wanted to just talk a bit about this because it's really I think innovative. But we will have in Europe something a project called P, uh, PEF, and that's basically a law that will come up and every single product, textile product, will have uh, a footprint label on it with the footprint impact. And that will be all over Europe. And, and that's a great opportunity for Walmart. It's a bit of threat also because we, make, we need to make sure that the criteria that are selecting that good to make our product uh, reflecting, the, the criteria reflecting the, the reality of the footprint and how good the product is. So we, are, we have to uh, activate some lobbying action, the French government, uh, European Union uh, on, on this. Uh, and if we, uh, and we will manage to make that right and break the great criteria, not the one from fast fashion, uh, but the right criteria, then it will be a fantastic opportunity because imagine in every customer can see exactly uh, what is the impact of polyester instead of uh, the impact of, of uh, natural fiber like, uh, like us. So exciting times in Europe and a sense of optimism too that you know the start of the year was so tough health-wise and economically but that that the things are getting better yes exactly things are getting better uh, the message is be patient there will be no return to normal before 2023 but the actors are agile we are the the consumer the consumer behavior will be will change in a way we think is a great opportunity for natural fiber and for wool uh, so all this will need to work and to make it right, but it will it will be uh, for a better future in 2023. Damien Pomeray there, the Regional Manager for Western Europe. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Yarn and keep your feedback and suggestions coming through to our email, theyarn at wool.com. You can stay up to date with wool industry news through Australian Wool Innovation on Facebook, on Twitter at Wool Innovation and Instagram at Beyond the Bale. I'm Ellie Bigwood. Cheers for your company and catch you soon for another yarn.